There are some people that make their work just another thing they have to do. And there are those that make their work something that they want to do. Welcome to Working on Purpose with your host, Elise Cortez. In our program, we provide guidance and inspiration from those people who have found deeper meaning and personal connection to their work life. It's beyond 9 to 5. It's Working on Purpose. Now, here is your host, Elise Cortez. Thanks for tuning in again this week. I'm your host, Elise Cortez, joining you from Dallas, Texas, which is home base for me. This program is all about helping people more meaningfully and productively connect with their work and equipping leaders to cultivate meaningful and purpose in their work as well. I bring on guests who have a particular perspective or experience that I think expands this conversation. And as a management consultant and social scientist, I draw on the meaning work research I've been doing over the last 15 years, as well as from my own consulting, speaking, and developing workforce experience across the globe. I'll get to my program in just a moment, but let me say something about an important date coming up, Friday and Saturday, October 19th and 20th, 2018. That's the date we're hosting the first Working on Purpose conference here in Dallas, Texas. So if you want to be involved as a speaker, participant, or a sponsor, contact me at Elise at EliseCortez.com. We'll be bringing together a world-class group of speakers to enlighten business and human resource leaders on creating purpose-driven culture and leadership within their companies and to help individuals enliven to their own purpose. I'm so excited. I can hardly stand it, obviously. <laughs> Last week, if you if you missed the show live, we, you can always catch it via recorded podcast. We were on the air with Debbie Marizic. She's the president of, of the sales company, a Texas-based firm that is helping hundreds of entrepreneurs, individuals, and corporations better assess, understand, and engage in practical, purposeful selling. We had a great conversation about some of the fears that people tend to encounter when trying to sell and ways we can get some help from others in our selling process. It was a great conversation. With us this week is Zach Mercurio. He is one of the leading voices on the role of purpose and meaning in organizations, work, and life. As a consultant, speaker, and researcher, he has helped leaders in nearly every industry around the world understand the role of purpose and meaning in designing thriving organizations. Zach is the author of The Invisible Leader, Transform Your Life, Work, and Organization with the Power of Authentic Purpose. He is also a PhD candidate, researcher, and adjunct faculty at Colorado State University where he teaches courses on organizational learning, performance and change. In this conversation today, we'll be talking about the role of meaning and purpose in today's world, purposeful leadership, and how organizations can build a culture of purpose. Zach joins us today from Fort Collins, Colorado. Zach, welcome to Working on Purpose. Hey, Elise. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited that a show called Working on Purpose exists in this world. <laughs> you, are, I'm, you, and, you and me alike. I'm happy. And by the way, just as we start here, let me give you a, a quick little fun jab you know that you've publicly embarrassed me, right? No. Here's how you did it. I was oh, reading no. your book on the plane going on vacation to Australia and New Zealand, and I was like so exuberantly agreeing with your points that people would look up around going, what are you reading? What are you into? So thank you for <laughs> embarrassing me publicly, Zach, in the best possible way. Yeah. When you, well, you mean when you speak the language of purpose, you find you know, a tribe of people. That's what I found. So I'm, I'm not surprised I do that as well. Okay, good. And by the way, I totally forgive you. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, so for this first segment, I want to talk about the role of meaning and purpose in today's world, but I want to start start with talking about you. I mean, it's it's really phenomenal to me, Zach, that you have dedicated your life to empowering purposeful people and building purposeful organizations. Of course, I've got a similar kind of an aim, but yours is really laser-focused. You've written this fantastic book. You're working on a PhD program in organizational learning, performance, and change. This is just an incredible amount of focus on purpose. So I want to know, 
where did this realization that purpose can transform people organizations come from for you? Well, for me, I guess it came from a source of pain in not experiencing purpose and meaning. I think that's where a lot of us yeah. in this work start off. But I was a journalism major in college. I studied journalism. So I was taught to listen and to observe. And in my first job out of college, I was in a sales job that was really completely results obsessed, focused on making money. And and that's sort of how I got into that job. I was focused on the results like most of us are, get this major to get this job, then I'll be happy, fulfilled, successful. It's this sort of if-then argument that um, characterizes a lot of our society. And what I found in that job through listening was really distressing. I was just really distressed that people on Monday talked about the weekend. Like, like on Mondays, they would come in and say, oh, is it the weekend yet? I mean, that yeah. was the collective narrative, right? And when you think about how many people live for two-sevenths of their lives the weekend, it really is astounding. And it astounded me in that first job out of college. But where I saw a glimmer of, of the other way this could be, if people really connected and aligned to why they did what they did beyond what they got for it, um, it was powerful. And it was through a, a chance encounter, and I wrote about it in the book, with a cab driver who asked me how I was doing, and I mumbled something about being excited for the weekend. Yeah. And then I asked him how he was, and he just lit up. I mean, I can't describe it over the air right now, but you know those people that just have an aura about them. He lit up in that way, a big smile, and he, and he said, uh, I said, how are you doing? And he said, great, fantastic. He goes, I get to talk to people every half hour. You can't beat that. And he was so excited about that. And I realized he didn't tell me he was excited because he drove cabs. He really told me he was excited because he got to talk to people. It just happened he drove cabs. And that's when I realized, I was like, we could be like that. We could design systems where people in all sorts of jobs understand the bigger purpose of their job and come alive for it. And ever since, I've been on this track. So it started from, from pain and from listening and I didn't like what I heard, and now I've been really trying to change it and capture the spirit of that cab driver that really changed my life. I really appreciate, Juan, how you distinguish those two ends of the spectrum. One, the the dismal part that I think a lot of people who are listening to the show can, can appreciate and probably find some resonance with. And two, mm. distinguishing the other side of what it looks like when people actually do find that meaning and purpose and how much better life really is. Uh, that's yeah, what, yeah. what we're both up to, right? Well, that's Absolutely. what we're out for. And I often say that, you know, it's, it's uh, people, the most extraordinary people I meet really are people who do ordinary things with an extraordinary perspective that's, that's rooted in a bigger purpose. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I read that in your book, too. It's just beautiful. Uh, and speaking of that, I do really want to distinguish this, really break this down for our listeners, because everybody hears these kinds of words, meaning, purpose, mission, and things like that. But you distinguish purpose from mission. And you have a very specific way of defining purpose in your book. Will you say that? Will you share that with our listeners? Yes, this is very common. And some people say to me, Zach, well, it's semantics. You know, it doesn't really matter. But there's a key difference. Purpose is your genuine reason for existence that's useful for others. And if purpose is defined as our reason for existence, when you think about whatever we do, 
there really wouldn't be a reason at all if we were just alone. Uh, the things that we do exist in some way to contribute to other human beings. So that that's purpose, the reason for which something exists, the reason for existence. A mission is how you go about delivering that purpose to the world. How are you going to, to deliver on that reason for existence and prove it uh, every day? And then I'll add something else, not to confuse people, but to add a vision to that. And a vision is what the world will be like uh, when you're done. If you were done fulfilling your purpose, what would the world be like? What would people be like as a result of you uh, delivering on your purpose through your mission? So purpose is why you exist. Mission is how you deliver that reason for existence. And vision, I conceptualize, is what the world will be like when you're done. Gorgeous, very crisp, and I think I thought it was so important to start with that too, so listeners really can can tune into what you're what you're up to and what you're trying to accomplish as well. Mm, yeah. Okay, so now the next really important question is, you know, why do you think there's such a need for purpose in today's world? We, we're hearing a lot about it. It seems like these days. Why? Where's the need coming from? It's interesting, and I think purpose isn't a isn't a trend, really. I mean, as you know, it's been around since human beings were around. Uh, I, I sometimes listen to my toddler just constantly asking me why. And I'm reminded that as soon as we learn language, we're wired to ask that why question. We're wired to seek meaning and purpose in life. And it's been well documented um, that almost since the beginning of time, we're wired to identify contribution and how we contribute. I think, as you might know, the Industrial Revolution and the really the focus on efficiency and produce, produce, produce has really depressed that seeking system, that seeking of why that we're all naturally wired for. And I think that what's happened is a next generation of leadership that's sort of maturing out of the Industrial Revolution and looking more at how do we solve sort of some of these complex world problems that have arisen through our growing population and a lot of the um, issues that you uh, address here on the show, uh, that we need to be more other and bigger focused than just focusing on um, results. And I think that that's one reason why systemically you've seen that sort of yearning for purpose being unlocked because the systems have been loosened up a little bit since the industrial revolution and then i think you know quite simply you know again i was i was dropping my son off at daycare yesterday and someone said gosh is it the weekend yet there is <laughs> there is something and people were laughing and it was like some sort of uh, conversation starter it's just the everyday narrative and again i keep going back to that question of of what are, what are we living for in terms of our work and our lives? And so uh, I think that there's a pervasive need for meaning and purpose in organizations, which is accented by results like the engagement reports that find just 13% of the world reports enthusiasm and pride in their work. Just 27% of managers um, demonstrate engagement, active engagement in their work. And, and so I think all of this comes together uh, right now to to this really yearning and craving for meaning and purpose, almost bringing us back to who we truly are as human beings. 
That was gorgeous, Zach. And I'll just quickly echo, I mean, like you, I I stand for helping that 87%, 85% that really, you know, are not enjoying themselves at work and don't see don't see the, the, the value of it. And that when I hear people say that, you know, is it the weekend yet on Monday morning, it just makes me cringe. And I think about, wow, you know, we're literally waiting, we're walking through Monday through Friday. Um, what a waste of precious life that is. Mm. Yes, well put. And and when I when I read that initial Gallup report, I think it was in 2011 for the first time, I thought to myself, these people go home. They have friends, they have families, they have ambitions, goals. They're our society, our economy. And if in 40% of their lives they don't feel engaged, what does that do to us as a society? So I actually described I- the need for purpose and meaning and engagement in work as a as a the public health concern of the next generation. Mm, I very much agree with that. In fact, um, I do talk about that because you know if if we if we really are the Walking Dead while we're at work, it does cascade mm. to the rest of our lives. Absolutely. Well, speaking of that, I, I know you get this too, and I, I talk to people all the time who pine to find their own purpose. They're desperately in search to try to figure out you know what how do I discover this. And you've got two whole chapters in your book dedicated to helping people awaken to their purpose. I think it would be really splendid if you can share some 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 points from those chapters about how people can start to live a more purpose-driven life. How can they start to, to awaken to their purpose? I think one of the first things is to stop trying to find your purpose, like it's somewhere out there. Sometimes <laughs> this is what happens. We try to find purpose like like we lost a set of car keys uh, but the, <laughs> the reality is you can, I don't think you can go find your purpose precisely because of the fact that you never really lose it I mean you have a reason for being by default wherever you are whatever you're doing today uh, and sometimes we put this off into this future like it's this magical thing that we'll find so so for people who are looking to discover purpose I often make the pivot from finding your purpose to the importance of being purposeful and starting to be purposeful and think purposefully about what you're already doing can oftentimes invite purpose to find you because you learn more about yourself, how you contribute, how you matter, what impact you make. So I think some some ideas to get people to start thinking about being more purposeful is first to really start thinking about how what they already do today is impacting another human being. Uh, I hear this. I teach college uh, undergraduates, and I hear this in the hallways all the time. Do you know what you're doing with your life yet? Or, <laughs> or what should I do with my life? And really, that's one of the most psychologically demotivating questions we can ask each other and ourselves. What we know is that when we ask, what should my life do for other people, or what can my life do for other people, or what is my life doing for other people, we actually start feeling better about our current situation, no matter uh, what it is. And so starting each day by just asking, what, it, what, what is my doing today, and how is what I'm going to do uh, going to affect somebody else's life? That's a really powerful way to start thinking about how you contribute. I think the other way is to really spend some time reflecting. So being purposeful is a set of new habits. And like any habits, it takes repetition. So one simple exercise you could do is to keep a journal 
And every day, write down the things you loved to do that day, no matter what they are, the things you were really good at, the skills you had that you exhibited that day. And then finally, how you made people's lives better. How you, as my 95-year-old grandfather said, how did you improve the moment uh, that day? And if you do that for seven days, you'll have a list, uh, three lists a day. You'll have 21 data points to really dig into what your contribution is. And then what are those resources in terms of your passion and talents to help you bring that contribution to life? So stop trying to find your purpose. Start being more purposeful for looking at how you already make an impact. And then add some reflection into your life, really targeted intentional reflection to help you uncover purpose. And then I often say purpose usually finds us. Okay. So that was just stunningly gorgeous and very crisp. I I especially appreciate Zach that you really emphasize the notion of how we're serving other people to help us get to that Mm -hmm. place of purpose. I think that is a nuance that really makes a difference for people. It does. And scientifically, it makes us better as human beings uh, when we contribute to others One of the most primitive parts of our brain is the brain that controls for altruism. And so we are wired to contribute and our brain gives us rewards when we do so. And so we actually feel better and do better. Mm, And on that note of altruism and, and serving others, let's take a quick break here. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. We've been on the air with Zach Mercurio. He is one of the leading experts in the role of purpose and meaning in organizations, work, and life. Zach is the author of The Invisible Leader, Transform Your Life, Work, and Organization with the Power of Authentic Purpose. Zach serves as a researcher and adjunct faculty at Colorado State University in Fort Collins, Colorado, where he teaches courses on purposeful leadership and organizational development as he completes his own PhD in organizational learning, performance, and change. We've been talking a bit about the role of meaning, purpose, and in our lives. After the break, we're going to talk about purposeful leadership. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now... Back to Working on Purpose. If you're just joining us, my guest is Zach Mercurio, one of the leading voices on the role of purpose and meaning in organizations, work, and life. Zach is the author of The Invisible Leader, Transform Your Life, Work, and Organization with the Power of Authentic Purpose, and is the founder and author of PurposeSpeaks.com, the popular blog on purposeful leadership. He is also a regular contributor on Purpose for the Huffington Post and other international media outlets. We've been talking about the role of meaning and purpose in our lives. Next, we'll talk about leadership. But first, there's one other thing that I wanted to get to, Zach, and that is uh, you talk in your book about common mistakes people make when it comes to motivating and inspiring ourselves. What are a couple of points that you think are important for us to know there? I think there is still this... um, I guess misnomer that that as human beings we're wired to acquire and achieve things and we tend to motivate ourselves and others by getting the next thing and 
you know, even me, who's someone who's in this purpose space, I find myself doing that. You know, if I get this number of book sales or this number of engagements or or this, then I'll be successful or or happy. But the problem with results uh, is precisely the fact that we can achieve them. And so we achieve the result, and, and then what? And we feel sort of a sense of emptiness. And I think it's important to remember that uh, no human being, when you look at all of the psychological research, was ever meaningfully fulfilled for the long term because of some extrinsic reward. So we have to look deeper into thinking about purpose as what do we contribute? How do we pursue a reason for existing beyond us? Because while results push us for the short term, when you attach yourself to a bigger purpose outside of yourself, a bigger contribution, uh, it constantly pulls us forward. So uh, when we start with purpose, the results typically follow. Mm, that was so worth the ask. I'm so glad we talked about that. That was that was yummy. I think that you, you, I got even more out of how you just answered that than I did from the book. Not that that was missing in the book. You just generated it so so beautifully there. Okay, great. Um, and that will help us, I think, as we talk a, bit, a little bit more about this, the purposeful leadership piece of this next bit. Um, but I want to get to the generation question, Zach. So in, in your research and your experience working with people and organizations, do you find a difference generationally in how people desire purpose in their work and overall lives? So this is a, such a great question. And I think that one of, um, when I'm working with people in organizations that are multi-generational, which is every organization, I find that there's a uh, misunderstanding of what purpose and meaningfulness is. And I think that what happens is, is that you read all of these surveys about millennials wanting meaningful work and wanting to matter. And if you don't understand what meaning and purpose are at their core, that we've we're wired to crave it, that it's really about contribution and usefulness, then it's easy to say, well, oh, they just want to feel good as, as millennials. But what it really comes down to is that meaningfulness and purpose, when you're thinking about our, our beingness of being wired to contribute, is universal across human beings. How people talk about that need tends to be different because different generations just have different values. One example I'll give when I think about millennials, and they've been more vocal about the need for purpose and meaning in work. And I think as a result of seeing uh, people in meaningless jobs, whether it's their parents or grandparents, or having that narrative of working for the weekend, um, I think that one of the reasons why millennials are so purpose-centered is actually as a result, and it's a positive result, of technology. When I think about millennials, they have grown up with human stories from around the world in the palm of their hand. And I think what that does is generate a sense of, I want to do something about it. I, don't th I think millennials don't just want to read the news. I think they want to do something about it. And when they go into an organization that doesn't give an outlet to experience that doing something or that agency, there can be a tendency to shut down. But when you listen to that craving for agency and meaningfulness, and then you, you ask your other generations in your department or organization, is this something that's of value to you? What you often find is a commonality that all people want to feel like they matter. I just think millennials are being a little bit more vocal about it and in different ways. 
Mm. That was a beautiful insight, Zach, about how millennials might have, they've grown up with technology and reading human life stories in the palm of their hands. That is a beautiful way for us to really understand where this where this came from for them. And I've never heard anybody articulate that before. And I've never heard anybody yeah. else besides me use the word agency. So I love that. Yeah, purpose is the ultimate agency builder. Uh, when I When I'm working with I work with a lot of underprivileged uh, workers, whether they're mechanics, bus drivers, janitors. I work with uh, students who are the first in their family to go to college. And what I find is that uh, when, when students realize, when people realize that they do have something to contribute, that they have a contribution right now, it's the ultimate agency uh, builder. And it's incredibly powerful at an organizational level. Hmm, I love to see. I could have you on for several hours, but we'll have to have to, a V2 version of this, I'm sure, because there's more to dig into. But yeah, but but let's talk a little about the leadership piece of things here. So in your book, Zach, I absolutely love and completely align with your stand on leadership. This is the way that you described it that just stuck out for me. You say the primary role of managers, supervisors, and leaders of all kinds is to be responsible for 40% of people's lives. If those lives are to be meaningful, work must be meaningful. We are wired to search for meaning, so designing environments that foster meaning in organizations is more than just a good idea for modern leaders. I argue it's a moral responsibility and the most important skill leaders can have. Amen. Oh my gosh, that is fantastic. How did you arrive at this profound stance? Again, it, it comes from listening and observing. And, and one story I think can really highlight this. I, w- I was working with a group of mechanics and bus drivers for a school district. And the person who hired me was in leadership positions and, and brought me in. And they sat me down and they said, Zach, this is going to be a really tough crowd. I mean, these people really aren't into leadership development. They're not going to be into this purpose stuff. A lot of them are here you know, for a paycheck. And I said, well, great. Now I'm super excited. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, but I, you know, I know the science of purpose. So I was like, in my head, I was like, no, no, they'll, they'll want this. They'll crave this because they're people. And even when I was going on stage about to talk to this group of mechanics and bus drivers, someone stopped me and said, you know, I'm, I'm really sorry if this is a tough crowd. Like as I was starting this <laughs> engagement. And so all I asked the group to do, this is the only thing I did for an hour and it was amazing as I just said write down one time where you felt like your job truly mattered in the world and they were you know like no one will do this there were 75 people in the room 75 people filled it out they sent it back to me I started reading them off the first one I read was from a mechanic who wrote I felt like my job mattered when I was at the funeral of a pre-kindergarten student he saw that I was in my mechanics outfit, came up to me. The, um, the parent of that student who had passed away saw that I was in my mechanics outfit, came up to me and said, um, I just want to thank you because the bus ride to school was the highlight of my son's young life. And all of a sudden, people stopped. I went on to read 74 stories of meaning like this. Now, I want to juxtapose this to what I said earlier, that oftentimes, all of those stories were locked away by management and leaders self-fulfilled filling prophecies that people are just there for a paycheck or they're wa- they want to acquire and achieve things. And so when we can unlock those stories that 
that yearning for mattering, the meaning that's already there in whatever job, you get that emotional reaction that you can get to that, that story I just told every single day. And so that's why I think that it is such an imperative for leaders to be able to unlock these stories of meaning and meaningfulness in organizations so all people can experience that. Mm-hmm. And to your point, leaders have a very unique position to be able to do that for people and to be able to impact their their overall lives, not just the 40%. And I think that is such an important mm. thing to emphasize as we develop leaders, as people step into a leadership role. This is really a big responsibility. You sure you're up for this? Absolutely. And I often hear people say things, leaders say things like, uh, they, like they, they're, they're here for the paycheck or Zach, this shift, that shift's going to be hard to work with. Um, and I think that we need to redefine that perspective of the, they, yeah, they may have gotten into your company or that job because they needed a paycheck, but they're there. And if they're there, we have a responsibility to cultivate an environment that elicits really a basic human desire, which is meaning and purpose. Mm-hmm. Completely agree. Another thing, and it might be also embedded a bit in what you were just talking about there, Zach, but I want to be sure and ask this of you. You say in your book that the best leaders aren't people, which I think is very clever. So what do you mean by that? Well, you know, when I think of leaders, you know, we think of people that motivate our behaviors, change our behaviors, help us be better people and whatever it is that we're doing, whatever movement that we're doing. But there's um, a, a line from a management scholar from the late 1920s named Mary Parker Follett. And she said, leaders and followers are both following the invisible leader, the common purpose. And what we find in research time and time again is one of the most profound motivators of our behaviors, attitudes, actions, and, and, and helping us be optimal human beings is actually not another person. It's not another thing, but it's a big other-centered purpose. And purposeful leaders are leaders that have the ability and allow the environment uh, to create the conditions for that purpose to take over, for that big common purpose to be the ultimate leader, not any one person. Mm. That's so compelling. That's so compelling. And I got to believe that anybody who's listening to the show, whether they're a, a leader or whether they're supporting a leader, has got to be buying into that. I mean, that's just, that's as good as it gets right there from my vantage point. We can we can stop the show now, Zach. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. <laughs> First time I've ever ended early. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, I know you could probably speak forever on this next question, but I wanted to at least cue it up here as maybe just give something to our listeners. But how can leaders develop a purpose-driven approach to their leadership? Well, really, there are five things that I would I would think about. The first is making sure you have a strong sense of your own purpose and your own uh, moral compass. I mean, oftentimes we we do a lot of work for other people in organizational development or leadership development, but that we forget to be really crystal clear on on why we're here and then how our why helps deliver this organization's why. And then can we communicate that to people? Because if we, if we as leaders don't understand our purpose, it's going to be very difficult to get others to, to understand their, their own. The other thing that I think is really important is to be able to connect people's daily work to the bigger purpose, using stories to make sure that people can see the end outcome 
of what they do. You know, NASA, when they were in the race to the moon, every department at NASA had what's called a ladder to the moon, where every supervisor was able to connect every small task to an objective which ultimately led to the person on the moon. So make sure there's a clear line of sight to the big purpose for, for your people. And then uh, making sure that the human impact is part of decision making, especially in stressful and difficult times. And how are you casting you know, a vision for the team that puts the human being first um, of how you're going to deliver that impact? And then finally, as you're thinking about decisions, just ask yourself, am I involving every stakeholder that's impacted by this decision? And so there are just some few tips that you can start off with. But I would say the most important is to have a strong sense of your own purpose uh, using some of the reflective techniques that we talked about earlier and being able to communicate that to the people that you serve. Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Well, so some of what you've got to there, I know, gets to creating a meaningful environment for employees. What are the, the benefits or the effects of this? I, there are people out there that, are, that I talked to. In fact, just this morning, I was running with my friend. I was talking about purpose and and he, you know, does this whole thing, scratch of the head thing. What? You know, I thought you were smarter than that, Elise. <laughs> so so what are, what are the effects? What do we get by creating a, a meaningful environment for our employees? Well, I mean, the research is powerful. When we, and, and it really goes back to that purpose, literally physiologically and neurologically changes us. When we help other people, we get a boost of neurotransmitters, dopamine, oxytocin, serotonin, neuroscience is called the happiness trifecta. We get a boost of that. So when we're thinking about other people, which purpose encourages us to lift our eyes off of ourself because it's other-centered by default, we actually start feeling better and doing better. And so uh, when people ask me, well, Zach, all this stuff about purpose-driven teams and companies being higher performers than other uh, companies, it's not surprising to me because when we help others, our brain gives us some really powerful rewards that literally make us better. And uh, I just read a study yesterday that purpose actually activates resilience and can protect our brain cells. And so there's a lot of research out there that finds that having a purpose outside of ourselves at work and in life uh, makes us optimal as human beings. And we're wired for it because purpose has led us uh, to survive as a species up to this point that we've contributed to one another. Beautiful, Zach, and a great way to take us into our last break here. I'm Elise Cortez, your host. We've been on the air with Zach Mercurio. He is one of the leading voices on the role of purpose and meaning in organizations, work, and life. Zach is the author of The Invisible Leader, Transform Your Life, Work, and Organization, and the power with the power of authentic purpose. Zach serves as a researcher and adjunct faculty at Colorado State University in Col- Fort Collins, Colorado, where he teaches courses on purposeful leadership and organizational development as he completes his PhD in organizational learning, performance, and change. He joins us today from Fort Collins, Colorado. We've been talking about purposeful leadership. After the break, we're going to talk about building cultures of purpose. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Elise Cortez is a speaker and engagement and development catalyst. She designs and delivers professional development, leadership, and engagement workshops and can bring her expertise to your organization. She will help ignite meaningful development within your workforce that will increase employee engagement, performance, and retention. 
To learn more or to invite Elise to speak to your organization, please visit her at www.elisecortez.com. She would welcome the opportunity to help get your employees working on purpose. This is Working on Purpose with Elise Cortez. To reach our program today, send an email to Elise, A-L-I-S-E, at EliseCortez.com. Now, back to Working on Purpose. If you're just tuning in, my guest is Zach Mercurio. He's one of the leading voices on the role of purpose and meaning in organizations, work, and life. Zach is the author of The Invisible Leader, Transform Your Life, Work, and Organization with the Power of Authentic Purpose, and is the founder and author of PurposeSpeaks.com, the popular blog on purposeful leadership. He is also a regular contributor on Purpose for the Huffington Post and other international media outlets. I'm your host, Elise Cortez. So for this last segment, Zach, I want to talk about helping organizations to build cultures of purpose. And you have a fantastic chapter in your book called The Economics of Mattering, which is a fantastic chapter name, by the way. Mm. <laughs> and Thank in you. that chapter, you're welcome. It's just the whole thing is just wonderfully written. Um, and, it, well, and in that chapter, you share some real-world examples of well-known and already very successful companies that have taken on purpose initiatives. There's one in particular that caught my eye. That was the KPMG example. So will you share with our listeners what KPMG took on and its net results? Sure. I, and, and to give you some context, KPMG is an accounting firm. They major product is auditing. And so they're one of the big four accounting firms. And what they realized is that it's very difficult to differentiate on what you do when what you do technically is the same across your competitors. And this is why I always say that anybody can copy what you do and how you do it, but no one can copy at your core why you are. And KPMG really uh, tapped into that. And one of the things that they decided to do was let's, let's compete on our purpose on what we do to contribute to other people. So they set up this, uh, basically they set up this app which allowed their employees to write, you know, a purpose statement of how they contribute to their clients. So how they contribute, how they're helpful. And they solicited these purpose statements and they expected to get like 10,000. In fact, they actually said, if we get 10,000 in two months, uh, we'll give you all two vacation days off, which in the accounting, accounting industry, that's great. And uh, they got over 40,000 entries. Mm. And there's only 27,000 U.S. employees, which one, shows the yearning for meaning and purpose. But two, it shows how pervasive it was across the organization. So people started writing in about their clients like, I'm an auditor, but I champion democracy, or I combat terrorism, or I help farms go grow. And they got all of these purpose statements that came in. And what happened is exactly what happened before, what I talked about before we went to break. People became better. And so when individuals become compelled by purpose, the organization becomes better as well. And so what happened was over 90% of their employees said that this purpose initiative, just allowing them to state a bigger purpose, helped them feel more pride in their work. The business grew, uh, had a global growth rate of over 8%, which was the fastest of all the big four that year. And then it rose 17 spots on Fortune's ranking of the 100 best places to work. And it was the highest ever ranking of a big four uh, accounting firm. So you talk about a competitive advantage. 
eliciting meaning and mattering was really the ultimate competitive advantage. And, and why you are, when you articulate it, often cannot be replicated or copied. And so that's why it can be really powerful in, in optimizing the human beings that ultimately produce every result in any business. Mm. If that doesn't get you starting to think about, hey, this purpose stuff might be checking into, I don't know what's going to do it for you, right? <laughs> Those kind of results are fantastic. Yeah, and they've been they've been seen across numerous industries. Uh, you know, purpose driven companies have been found to outperform the markets by six to one. Uh, brands with purpose outperform fifteen to one. But we have to remember it's because it's purposeful people who drive the results. That individuals who are compelled by purpose make up purposeful organizations. And so that's just a really important thing to remember that this starts with the people at the front line. Mm-hmm. I love that. And along those lines, I definitely wanted to get into this before we get off the air here. I mean, mm. I know I know that you work with companies to help them build purpose-driven cultures. So I'm interested, and I think our listeners probably want to understand this too, how do leaders within companies recognize they need to build a purpose-driven culture? What's going on or missing, missing in that company for them to start to check into this possibility? Often it's when things are going really well, yet people are still unmotivated and disengaged. You know, I, you know, companies that come to me and say, oh, we've, we've engineered these benefits, we have good salaries, you know, the economy's good, but I still can't get my people to stay, or we still can't get people motivated. Or when salespeople come to me and they say, the most empty, I had this one person say to me last week, the most empty part of my life is when I achieve a goal, quarterly goal and when I don't achieve a quarterly goal. There's got to be something more. Um, and so those types of signals are signals that there's probably a meaning and purpose gap going on. But I would argue that purpose isn't just this one-off thing that we do an initiative and then people have found it. It has to be maintained. One, some of my biggest clients are in industries where you would think they have a sense of purpose by default. I work with healthcare and education as two of my biggest clients. And what I find is that sometimes the good work can become normal work. So we really need to strategize the maintenance of meaning into the work and make it as robust of a strategy as any of our um, financial strategies, which is a which is a tall task, but a powerful one. I love that phrase, strategize the maintenance of meaning. Oh my gosh, Zach, that is that is one to quote on you. Thank you for that. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's 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 important for people to realize that purpose doesn't just happen; um, that it's it has to be strategic. Yeah, and cultivated, right? And and Absolutely. nurtured. It, it's not something that we just kind of poof and it shows up and then it's forever there. Yeah, and you see that with a lot of the purpose-driven branding that's going on right now. And I often say to people, it's important to remember that like a brand can't create purpose. It just can express what's already there. Mm-hmm. And so we need to cultivate what's there and ask those tough questions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And when I was coming back from my trip from Australia and New Zealand, I took a picture of, I forget what airport that I was in, Zach, but um, there was this cafe and it, 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 was, it said, purpose-driven food. Oh, my God. <laughs> I'm like, that's great. What does that yes. mean? <laughs> exactly. What does that mean? Yeah. <laughs> um, well, you talk in your book about five ways that we can create a culture of significance. And so I'd love to talk about some of those. I, I like to be able to give my listeners something that they can actually walk away from and start to either think about or put to work. So what can we, what can we leave them with? Great. I mean, I think the first thing is that um, your culture will ultimately be what you reward. 
And so the, the first is just to ask yourself, do you reward for acquiring and achieving things or do you reward for contributing and helpfulness? Mm. Um, and that often that question alone can, can help make a huge difference. Um, you know, for instead of look at all your reward structures and see what do you reward for? People come to me and say, Zach, people in my company are, they, they fight with each other. There's not a lot of collaboration. And then I ask, do you reward them to do differently? And when you have self-serving rewards, you'll get a self-serving culture. I think the second thing is to, to really be the narrative setter, to, to cast the meaning. I often go into organizations and I hang out at the proverbial water cooler, whatever that may be, at the beginning of an engagement. And I usually hear two things. People either complain about a supervisor or they talk about the weekend again. <laughs> um, and I, say, I always say what people talk about in the parking lot, in the hallways, or around the water cooler is who you really are. And once you can grasp that and, and start to change that by adding in stories of impact, setting the narrative on the human being that's at the end of the work, constantly reaffirming that that's why people are, are there, it can be powerful. Uh, the third thing is ask yourself, do we spend more time talking about the why or the how or the what? Um, before you show people what to do or how to do it, with, with regard to whatever task you're doing, whether you're onboarding somebody or getting somebody to adopt a change initiative, um, before you show people what to do or how you do it, do you show them why it matters? Show them the impact on the human being that's at the end of the work that is incredibly powerful. And then to do that, you have to encourage imagination, encourage people to think beyond themselves into how their work impacts other people. And then lastly, I would say that try not to get too big with this. You know, a lot of listeners, I'm sure, out there don't have the budget to do what KPMG did and roll out a new app to capture purpose. But focus on the small. How do your people express the purpose of your company through things like body language? Um, smiling, for example, has a huge impact on what people perceive of us. So start focusing on those small little elements of how the purpose is expressed, and you'll be surprised about how the behavior starts changing the culture. I just had a thought, and I wonder about this, Zach. In your work, working with companies to work on their culture in a, for, in a purposeful way, have, mm. you ever, have you ever done anything where you've gone in and had them ask the employees, what's, what is this organization's purpose? Yeah, so that's one of the best practices is actually to test purpose. I mean, mm -hmm. test it for mm -hmm. clarity. Um, there's actually some research out there that finds that just being a purpose-driven organization doesn't yield any positive results from a research perspective. And you may be thinking, wow, well, that invalidates things. But what the <laughs> researchers did find is employees that indicated that the purpose was clear, that it was talked about every day, those organizations called high purpose clarity organizations yielded positive results. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Asking them in their own language what the purpose is of the organization is powerful. One thing that I have done is asked everybody to fill out um, a form where they can say, I felt like my job mattered most when, and they could just complete that. And then the goal of the leader is to replicate those moments as much as possible for those people. And you'll mm -hmm. find themes throughout that. Uh, don't guess at what makes people come alive. Have them tell you. 
Gorgeous, Zach. And we're almost out of time here. And I want to give you the last word, if you will, here. So um, knowing that this show is about helping listeners across the globe more meaningfully and productively connect with their work, in, say, 30 seconds, what would you like to leave them with? Yeah, it's my hope that I can make this idea of purpose practical. And so one of the things I think to take away is that this idea of finding some big purpose out there, focus more on being purposeful and let that purpose find you. And then I think the second thing is that everyone has a purpose. Every job has a purpose, exists to serve some human being, solve some human problem, or fill some human need. And so, and so try to resist those self-fulfilling prophecies about certain jobs or where, you at now, where you're at now, because if you can learn to find purpose where you are now, you'll learn to be purposeful wherever you want to be. And then the final thing is that it's hard and uncomfortable. Being purposeful is a habit. And just like going to the gym after you haven't gone in seven months is uncomfortable and difficult to get into, so too are the habits of being purposeful like we've talked about. So repetition uh, every day, asking yourself the questions that we've posed throughout this episode, I think can be really powerful in starting to build the habits of purpose. Zach, what an incredible contribution and gift you have been to me and to our listeners. Thank you so much for joining Working on Purpose today. Yeah, thanks for having me on and for just in general doing this show. Yeah, like you, I think it's really critically important. So, if you want to learn more about Zach Mercurio and the work he does in organizations and with individuals working on meaning and purpose, or you want to check into his book or his blog, visit his website. It's ZachMercurio.com. So that's Z-A-C-H-M-E-R-C-U-R-I-O, ZachMercurio.com. Join us next week when we're on the air with newly minted author Joy Martina talking about her number one bestseller on Amazon, How to Use Your Intuition to Change Your Life. And remember that work is at least one third of our lives, so let's work on purpose. We hope you've enjoyed this week's program. Be sure to tune in to Working on Purpose, featuring your host, Elise Cortez, each week on the Voice America Empowerment Channel. This week, find your life's purpose at work.